We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date. Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. 971 FM Talk Podcast. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Thank you, Perry Woods. And yes, indeed, the Weekend Report is on your radio, and we appreciate you listening to it. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Carl Middleman. Hello. Hello. And, of course, my partner Chris Arps is once again connected through the marvel of modern technology practicing proper social distancing at the ARPS compound somewhere in the St. Louis metro area under 50 feet of concrete and steel. But he's Arps. dancing. That's right. How's it going, my, bu- my my friend? You know, guys, I apologize for being a unbroadcast professional. You guys didn't hear my phone just ring, did you? No, huh? No. No. Okay, good, good, good. Didn't have to hey, s- I'm doing great. You didn't have to say a word. <laughs> Didn't have to say Your a word. Your secret was safe. <laughs> okay, I'm like, oh, no, don't call me now. <laughs> well, I'm with Tony and Carl. That's right. And we have a lot to talk about. Uh, every week we have a lot to talk about because the news is crazy in 2020. Uh, but we have, even for 2020, this was a busy news week with the Republican National Convention and everything that is happening in Wisconsin and other places around the country. So uh, lots to dive into today. We will also have some great discussions. We're going to talk to our dear friend, America's favorite liberal, Keith Antone. Always a lively discussion and debate when Keith is part of the conversation, Chris, so that should be good. We'll do that uh I think at the beginning of the next hour, so about one hour from right now. So looking right. forward to that. And that a little means bit. I'll talk to Keith twice this week. Oh, on wow. show and on our show. Is that good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, a little bit later on in this hour, we will talk to Burgess Owens, yeah. our good friend Burgess, back on the show this week. Uh, love talking to Burgess, and he is, of course, fresh off the stage at the RNC. The only thing I didn't like about Burgess's speech at the RNC is that he didn't have more time. I mm-hmm. wish that uh, I wish that Burgess could have uh, had a little more time because I find him to be compelling, and I love to hear him speak every chance I get. And um, Three or four minutes, whatever he got, just wasn't enough for me. But uh, he did great, and can't wait to talk to him about 
that experience of being a part of the RNC and, of course, get an update on his congressional race happening out there in Utah. So uh, let's start with the RNC. Chris, what was your um, what was your overall reaction um, to the, the Republicans, the Republican convention on the heels of uh, what I think was roundly decided to be a pretty boring Democrat convention? Well, I have to say the Republican convention was not boring at all. You know, I was telling you guys before we started the show that, you know, I'm a political junkie. I've been watching political conventions since 1976 when the Republicans had their convention in Kansas City. And I have to say, bar none, between the Democrats and the Republicans, this is the best convention that I have ever seen. Um, Donald Trump put on one heck of a production. Um, People were kind of expecting that because he has a Hollywood television background. And Tony and Carl, I have to say that he did not disappoint. Uh, Yeah, I I will say that the Republicans were head and shoulders above the Democrats. And it could be just as simple as production value that made it so much more compelling, uh, easier to watch. I mentioned this earlier in the week that there were, in both conventions, there were, every night there was like one or two people that I wanted to just see. You know, I wanted to see what mm-hmm. this person, but I didn't have a uh, an interest in the, in, in the convention as a whole. And so for the Democrat, I would tune in, I would try to just see the one person that I wanted to see speak, <laughs> And I would watch it and I would turn it off. The Republican convention hooked me and I didn't intend to stick around, but I found myself almost every night watching more of the Republican convention that I intended to because it just ran smoother and it held your attention. Whereas the Democrat convention just for me at least did not hold my attention. And I think that's nothing more than production value than t- yeah. than you know, than just knowing how to um, – Keep people entertained and compelled. I think it was production value, but I also think, Tony, it was just a more uplifting and positive convention than the Democrats' convention. I mean, the Democrats, all you heard was how America was terrible, how we don't have, they don't, someone doesn't have health insurance, how COVID is affecting their life, they don't have a job. Look, I, you know, I don't think important issues like that should be swept under the rug. They should be talked about, of course. But the whole Democrats convention was just negative, negative, negative. And I think in a time of pandemic, when people are uncertain and fearful, they want to see optimism. They want mm-hmm. to see positivity. And that's what the Republican convention gave us. Yeah. And you know what? I the probably one of the most inspirational moments of the whole last couple of weeks was uh, David Dorn's wife, Ann Dorn, speaking at the RNC um, on Thursday night. That was a so at the end, it got political because she talked about Donald Trump and obviously endorsed him for president. But 80 percent, 90 percent of Ann Dorn's speech that she gave was not political. It was not trying to, you know, it wasn't trying to drive a wedge between the two parties. It was just her telling her story, telling her husband's story, and really, in a very emotional and powerful way, illustrate what a horrible 
position we have allowed this country to get into. And I think that it doesn't matter what doesn't matter what party you belong to or, you know, whatever your beliefs are, conservative or liberal, that you can't watch Andor and, and go, wow, we've all made some mistakes and we need to fix this because she did such a great job of of illustrating the madness and how it's got to stop. I, I, I thought she was wonderful. Unfortunately, Tony, there were some folks that were not pleased with, uh, yeah, with Ann Dorn's speech. Um, apparently, I didn't know this, uh, Mrs. Dorn must have been Captain Dorn's second wife uh, because I was reading in the St. Louis American, which is our African-American newspaper here in St. Louis, that two of Captain Dorn's children were not happy uh, with uh, Mrs. Dorn giving a speech at the convention. They said that her that their father was not a Donald Trump supporter and that he would not have been pleased uh, with his legacy being used to uh, endorse President Trump. Yeah, well, you know what? Again, that was the very end of it. And I don't know that she really painted David Dorn as a Trump supporter. She just yeah. told his story. And I think, right. it, and I, and again, I go back to, you don't have to, you don't have to be Republican or Democrat to hear that story and know that we're in a bad place. And there's a lot of people out there that are, that are stirring the pot and stoking the fires and it, it, some of it's in the media and some of it is in some of it is politicians and some of it are just the people on the streets on both sides and it's got to stop. And that's the message I got. I didn't I mean, again, at the end, obviously, she endorsed Donald Trump. But mm. when she was telling her story, I, I did not find it to be a political story. Well, the Democrats think it's a political story. Of course, because, they do. you know, the because it made them look because it made him look bad. Well, that and the Republicans theme and and the is law and order. And so this case kind of puts a heavy emphasis on law and order or the the lack of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if if you get asked, no matter what party you're from, I have a family member that told me this week and this person said, if I was at if I was in a situation and it didn't matter which party it was and they asked me to speak at their convention and I could get my story told. They would have done that, it, it, yeah. even if if there were Dem and point. either way, mm -hmm. either yeah. side, to get your story out, it doesn't matter. You you sacrifice a little bit of that. And she, if she was, if he, if Captain yeah. Dorn was actually against Trump, she sacrificed a little bit of that, yeah, just yeah. to get his story out there. Chris, because that's what the newspaper article said. Uh, the daughter said that uh, uh, yes. He was not a Trump supporter and that uh, the husband and wife, Dorns, they didn't speak politics, talk about politics because they were on opposite side of the aisle. Gotcha. Um, you said you said that the Republican convention was the best convention that you'd ever seen, Chris. Was it would it have been even better if it could have been in front of a traditional convention audience like that production? With the ability to be in front of people, would it have been even better? Or was the fact that that they had to do it this way, did that is that what made it so special? 
Tony, it was the best convention for me is because I've never seen so many black speakers at a Republican and Democrat convention, mm -hmm. and I've never seen African-American interests have such a focus more than beyond just one night. African-American interests and African-American speakers were featured prominently um, for the entire four Every days. Night. So that's yeah. one of the reasons why I say it's one of the best conventions yeah. that I've ever seen. Well, and you know, I don't know if it was always planned to be that. It probably was. I don't I, I doubt that the Republicans made a bunch of changes last minute, but it did end up being sort of ironic that the Democrats <laughs> spent their entire week trying to paint Donald Trump and the Republican Party as a racist group. And then here you have all of these African-American speakers in <laughs> some very powerful, impressive positions and young and up and coming, uh, you know, and and all speaking on behalf of the Republicans. I just thought it was incredible to to watch one week where you would, you know, you watch all these people like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and everybody who spoke. Um, during the Democratic convention with just, you know, like the um, the the uh, the old just closed assumption, you know, well, everybody knows that Donald Trump's a racist and everybody knows that Republicans are racist. And the very few African-Americans that uh, are, are Republicans are, you know, in it for the wrong reasons. That whole message just got blown away by the Republicans a week later and. Uh, I, I agree. It was with very you. smart. I found it. I, I, I found it very stark. However, we're also political people. We're part of the media. You, you're a part of. You know, you work in politics. So this is something that we are into. Did this? Did that message resonate with the average voter? The and even more importantly, the average African American voter. Did this? Did this change any minds or sort of? open the eyes of anyone who just didn't who didn't think there were any African-American Republicans and realize, you know, like hear the message that Burgess Owens and others were, were giving this week. I think it will. And just to go back to the Democratic convention, I remember on their last night of their convention and I'm listening to the pundits and all of them are practically breaking their hands, patting themselves on the back, saying what a great convention they gave and how diverse it was. And next week when we see the Democratic or the Republican convention, we'll probably see a couple of token black people. They'll try it out there. But the Democratic Party is the one that's diverse and blah, blah, blah. And they did the exact same opposite. There was black speakers, black interests were talked about the entire four nights. I think that uh, I think this this convention did change some minds of some some black folks. I think overwhelmingly African-American women are going to vote for the Democratic ticket because of Kamala Harris. But I think the wild card is the African-American male vote. Mm. Donald Trump got 13 percent of the male vote in 2016. Overall, he only got 8 percent of the black vote. And I think having Kamala Harris, lock him up Harris, as I call her, <laughs> on the ticket, I think a lot of African-American black males cannot vote for her because of her past record. And, you know, you mentioned and they the, won't vote for her. You mentioned that the Democrats, you know, patting themselves on the back. We're the party of diversity. We're the party of immigrants. We're the party of uh, of tolerance. And you have the uh, you have the first lady go up and speak who is an immigrant herself, um, speaks several languages. I think Melania 
always carries herself in a very classy way. She never gets down. Like, Donald Trump gets down in the mud. <laughs> he gets he gets uh, uh, ridiculous. He, he gets indefensible <laughs> a, at times. Um, but Melania never goes there and yet still just gets all of this hatred. And you have people... You have people on the left and celebrities calling her an illegal alien. Get that illegal alien off the stage. Like, can you imagine if a conservative were to be watching a DACA kid give a speech at a convention or something like that, and you had a conservative uh, uh, celebrity tweeting, somebody get that illegal alien off the stage, but it's you do that to the first lady, and it's just fine because yeah. she's a Republican. It's and disgusting. Because Democrats think they have the moral high ground on most issues that unfortunately blinds them to their hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> insulting insulting her for being an immigrant, insulting her for having plastic surgery, which I don't. I mean, I she's a supermodel, probably. <laughs> I don't know, but I also know that it's against. I also know that. That's not allowed. To, you know, you can't do that to other people. You can't, you know, body shame others. But all of it's, all of it's fine. Is if you're a, if you are a Republican, then then the party of uh, of immigrants and tolerance and diversity, uh, all that goes out the window. Yep, and because. They live in a, a, a bubble, a chamber, and they think everyone in the country believes and thinks like they do. Yeah. And that's why I said last week that a lot of them are going to wake up on November 4th and wonder how in the heck did Donald Trump get reelected? <laughs> Nobody I know voted for him. They're going to be saying that. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, we'll move on from the conventions. We will talk a little bit about what is happening um, in Wisconsin and get into some other news of the week, and then we will talk to Burgess Owens. So yeah. don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to The Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Tony, Carl Tony, you can't Middleman. talk over the music. That's one of my favorite That's uh, a good, yeah, right. Barry Woods tracks. It's good stuff. But see, we could sit here and listen to it all day. That's <laughs> exactly. the problem. It's a four and a half minute song. <laughs> this one's called Miss You, right? Yeah. One my favorite one. I'll miss you. Oh, that's a good song. Chris, sit down. You can download Perry's music anywhere you download music, iTunes, Amazon, that sort of stuff. Go download Perry Woods music, and if not, 
at least download some music from a local band and always what? Uh, spay and neuter your pet? No, support local music. Support, oh, yeah, yeah, that too. Support local music. That is exactly right. Uh, welcome back to the Weekend Report. Tony Colombo, Carl Middleman here in studio. Producer, our, my partner, Chris Arps, uh, at his home as we continue to practice proper social distancing. Uh, spent that first segment talking about the conventions and breaking them down. Um, we're going to keep this segment short because I want to leave as much time as possible for Burgess Owens, who we are going to talk to in the next segment. So, Chris... Um, and we'll talk to Burgess about this about this topic as well. But I want to get your thoughts on it first. Uh, things are we 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 watched things really spiral out of control in Kenosha, Wisconsin this week. What are your thoughts about what is happening up there? Well, you know, I hate to see another uh, police shooting. Of course, I hate that it's going to be completely politicized. Um, it's just a terrible situation, Tony. It is. It's a, it's a terrible situation. Do you, so my take all week has been, and I've gotten a lot of criticism for this. I've literally got criticized for somebody tweeted me and said, um, you know, typical stuff out of you, Tony, uh, always wanting to, and and this wasn't a joke. This was a legit criticism, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, always saying, let's wait for all the information to come out. And that was and that was That's a, terrible, isn't it? That was a criticism. That was a legit <laughs> criticism. Like, saying, no, you saying, take my take now. <laughs> yeah, saying that I'm some kind of like uh, that I'm I'm you know I guess protecting police because I want to see the results of an investigation before I condemn someone, and 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 so I've taken crap for it all week, but I continue to say I I am reserving judgment. Until I know what happened. I and, and you know what? I came I went hard after the police in the George Floyd case. And I've gone after police in other cases too where I think that they were completely wrong. Brianna Taylor. But I'm not going I'm but I but I'm not going to just do that automatically. That's not my default position because it's not always bad policing. Shooting this guy in the back seven times looks really bad. But I also know that if I was the one trying to get in my car and I'm being told, stop, don't go in the car, don't reach in the car, grabbed on my back, pulled backwards and said, don't reach in the car, don't go in the car, and you keep doing that, then something bad can happen. So I can see both sides and I can see why both sides have a defense and both sides have an argument. Some, you know, he had a knife. No, he didn't have a knife. He was armed. No, he wasn't armed. I need the information before I can make a judgment and condemn other people. And once I know that, then I have no problem doing so. But that kind of patience is non-existent in this country anymore. I, I wish there was one thing that we would, we could talk about as a society that people don't want to talk about it because each side has their own narrative that they want to get across but in every single one of these police shootings almost, the suspect is resisting police and is not complying with orders. I'm not saying that that justifies someone being right. shot and killed, but it's never the, – the, the, the activists try to give the impression that uh, African-American man is just walking down the street minding his business or he's on his way to Sunday school or on the way to college, and here comes these cops that are just – 
shooting him yeah. for no reason. They but just that, act has, like that has happened un- at times, though, Chris, and you should know that. But it's not happening in all of no, these high-profile cases, right. though. That's what that's what I'm saying. And it doesn't like, happen in these high-profile cases. And that doesn't the happen. Suspect is 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 not complying with police orders, which if he would have, would have probably saved their life. Right. That's that's all. That's all I'm saying. I'm like Tony. Let's wait until the investigation come comes out. There were there were reports that he had a knife in his hand when they were when he was trying to get in the car. There was a reports that there was a knife in the in car. the car. You know, let's just wait for all all the facts come out. You know, the the one thing with the proliferation of all these video cameras and everything is we get kind of an instant scenario of what's going on, but we're just getting a snapshot. And that snapshot is what people are basing their judgments on, which in a lot of cases are wrong. I I believe this wholeheartedly. If I was watching a video of any person, white, black, male, female, any person who is being told to don't go in the car, don't reach your arms in the car, don't, and they continue to move forward— I would be watching that video with my eyes squinted, terrified that something horrible is about to happen to that person because it will. That's because that you know that that is the warning that they are being given. I don't see just that and assume that there's racism involved. Now, that doesn't even mean that the maybe maybe the police training in that case the police could see things that we can't see on that video. Maybe that shooting was unjustified. Maybe he shouldn't have shot in that case. Maybe the training, maybe the policy doesn't, maybe he did, maybe that police officer did things wrong. But I know that, to to your point, Chris, that when you're not listening to commands and it's getting that intense, I, I, would, I would be terrified for anyone in that situation. Yeah. And I don't think the police officer... I don't think the police officer pulled over anyone or, or responded to a to a call and thought, I can finally go and shoot somebody today because that's what I've been wanting to do all day. And I also don't think that uh, Mr. Blake was probably up to no good. I don't think that there – I'm not convinced that there was anybody that was like – that was evil or up to no good in this, in this situation at all. But there was an, obviously a tragedy that happened. And if somebody did something very wrong to provoke this tragedy from happening, then they need to be held accountable. Yeah. But I don't know all the details yet, so I cannot make a judgment. You and, need and, to read the internet; they'll tell you we for have, you. Yeah, and we have we have a city on fire because of it. We have we've stopped playing sports because, like, it's just like we've made up our mind. And we don't have all the information, and that's I, that's that's just dangerous, I think. And two more people I'm, are dead too. Exactly. I think we need to just get to the point where we tell our our sons, these young men, that regardless if you're not doing anything wrong or or right or whatever, if you are not complying with lawful police orders, it's probably not going to go well with you at yeah. the end. Yeah, Chris, I've Period. always I've always been told that. I don't think that that's a I don't think that's a racial discussion to have. I was always told if you are ever if, if you have an interaction with the police, hands on the dash. Just do exactly what they say and don't open your mouth and don't and I've been with people yes, that sir. have barked back and and 
gotten nasty with police, and it doesn't end well for them, no matter what color to, they are. We're getting to the point, which is really frightening to me, is that anytime a black person is shot, it's always going to look suspect, and the police are going to be already guilty uh, before uh, proven innocence. Yeah. And that's frightening to me. You're going to have a few instances where police is probably unjustified uh, in shooting someone, but I think it, looking at every single shooting yeah. as if it's unjustified is dangerous, and I think it puts the police officers' lives in danger because they're going to be having those thoughts in the back of, of their mind. Is am I, am I going to be the next D yeah. uh, Darren Wilson? Am I going to lose everything that I have? And that slight little hesitation could cost them their life. And police are being ambushed in, around the country as well with fake the fake domestic call uh, of a robbery in Maryland mm -hmm. this week where as soon as the police officers stepped foot on the porch, they were shot. It was in, just a complete ambush. So, Sick society, man. T yeah, so tensions are just are running high, and it's a, it's a dangerous... We're in a very dangerous time. All but right, we, we get to go out with some chill music, though. We get to go out with some chill music, and we get to talk to Burgess Owens when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Carl Middleman. Hello. My partner Chris Arps is joining us, of course, as well. And as we mentioned in that last segment, joining us now on the line, fresh off the stage at the Republican National Convention, our old friend Burgess Owens. Burgess, how are you, my friend? Hey, guys. Looking forward to chatting with you guys for sure. So yeah. Yes, sir. Very crazy week. <laughs> hey, you looked uh, you looked great on the stage, and you keep you, you're you're blowing up. You win the primary. <laughs> you get invited to the RNC, and Chris and I keep asking each other, "When's he going to get too big for us? When's he going to get too big for us?" But Burgess is still there with us on the weekend report, and we couldn't uh, be happier. But uh, no, uh, in, in all honesty, Burgess, uh, congratulations. <laughs> On a uh, what I believe to be a wonderful, wonderful performance at the RNC. Before we um, uh, dive into any of the issues of the day, uh, just tell us about what that experience uh, was like. I'm sure it was a very unique experience for you. It, it's really it's amazing. Uh, I, I keep saying the word crazy because just you know the things that happened. Uh, again, I I had just a year or so ago. I was even not even thinking of being ever entering the game of, polit uh, of, of the poli being a politician. And here we are having a chance to talk to literally uh, the entire country on behalf of our, for our president and what we're doing now. So I, I feel very honored. And what's interesting, uh, Tony, is that I, a couple of years ago when I, read my, I wrote my second book, part of it was that I wanted to get a president so I can maybe go across the country when this election came across just to talk to, talk on behalf of candidates so we can make sure that we, we get, get, get back to the House 
And for me to have this opportunity to actually speak in front of the, so many of Americans to give my story was just was just awesome. And I'll, I'll say this: the, the theme of the, of the of the week, as you noted, those who really paid attention, the feelings you had, is one thing that came out of it very clearly. If I can do it, you can do it. And that's really the message mm-hmm. of our country: that no matter what we go through, everybody goes through those those those, uh, those obstacles. But when we come out of it, we should not hoard those experiences. We should share it. <laughs> Let people know, man, this is it's okay. It's going to work out okay. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, that was just a, a great chance. And I, I, I'm thankful to have a chance to talk with my great-great-grandfather, Silas Burgess, who I found out about maybe uh, seven years ago. I had the chance to discover him. What a remarkable connection I've had a chance to make with him. And uh, that, that, that that great generation that really just, just did so so well to, to um, you know, to really to live the American dream. That's what yeah. it's all about. Go ahead, Chris. You know, Burgess, I was saying earlier in the show that I've been watching political conventions since I was 10 years old. I watched the 1976 Republican convention in Kansas. I even watched the Democrats convention. And I have to say this year's Republican convention was probably the most diverse uh, convention that I've ever seen. I've never seen so many African-American speakers at a convention. I've never seen uh, African-American interests being uh, focused on for four nights yeah. like that. When you were asked to speak, did you have any inkling that uh, so many African-Americans were going to be represented uh, at the convention? I had no idea. I had no idea. I, I just thought it was an honor that I could uh, represent the state here and, and give my view. What I love is uh, Jack Bauer. Uh, uh, Jack Brower? Jack, yeah. Jack's mm-hmm. last name. Jack uh, is, is actually someone I've gained a lot of respect for the last, last couple of years, and his talk was, was remarkable. And what, what's happening is I think we're now seeing what's been kind of happening underneath the surface for quite a while. We have Hispanics, Asia, uh, 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 black Americans, uh, gays, and we have people across the board that are li- literally leaving the, Dem- the Democratic Party, leaving that plantation, and begin to see what they look like and why they're doing it. And the, and the voices that we're having out there, the, the, the lady that was actually, Alice, the one that, uh, that was, was given the, the parole after 22 years, first offense, non, non-violent offense, that, that's a message that, that has not been told. And we had a chance on a national platform for people who might, might not have ever heard it before because you're not going to hear this when you turn on CNN and MSNBC. Yeah. So I thought it was just a good opportunity for our nation to really see the difference in the Democratic Party, which is dark, divisive, uh, very uh, depressing, to where we are now, where a country that we can talk about bringing our country back and all these voices saying that we, we love our country and we need to stand, 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 stand strong for it. Talking to the Super Bowl champion, best-selling author, congressional candidate, Burgess Owens. And, Burgess, you just mentioned your great-great-grandfather, and, and I, you know, we've had the opportunity to have you here in St. Louis speak at an event, and we've had you on the show many times. So I've heard your message and am always compelled by it, but that was the first time I'd ever heard you speak of your great-great-grandfather. Can you tell us about how you, you just said that, you you know, it wasn't that long ago that you were sort of introduced to that part of uh, yeah. your family life. Uh, uh, lineage could you could you kind of highlight that i thought that was a very powerful way to start that speech how did you find out those details and and get that information about uh about your great-great-grandfather what a, what a good question it's interesting because i truly believe there's a perfect plan out there and and i happen to have been uh, kind of drawn to my ancestry but i, I had no idea how to, how, to, how, to, how to get past you know that that obstacle of, of just not going anyplace else when my dad passed away um I, went, I was just going through his boxes, and there was a box that I think he probably never looked at that he got from his mom, 
And in that box was this history of my great great grandfather, a litany of everything he'd done. And then once I got that, once I got that that uh, that little bit of history, I was able to go on online through Ancestry and and find out more details. I actually had a chance to see the the signature of when he his signature when he wrote out for the property purchase in two years. Those kind of things, again, because of technology today. Uh, we can now look back and, and, and really connect with people that were part of our past that we just had no idea was there. What I did realize with my great-great-grandfather is I knew him through my dad. My dad was not only – he's very much in education, but he's also an entrepreneur. Uh, he's very much a mentor. He loved, uh, you know, loved our community and, and, and to his very last day continued to put back into it. And so I really do think I knew my great-great-grandfather through my dad, and they were so much alike in so many different ways. And so uh, for those who didn't hear the story – you know, he came across in a, in a slave ship, uh, ended up going to the Underground Railroad, which was going out west, which I did not know about until I found out about him. So the, the, they went out west to, uh, to Texas, where he became a very successful entrepreneur. Here's the part that I didn't have a chance to say. <clears throat> Think about the darkness of coming across on a slave ship, being on this plantation, which was a very, very evil. This guy was a very evil man, the, the owner. His, his mom ended up uh, either, either leaving or committing suicide because she was tortured so much. But here's the deal. Traveling across the country— he ran across good Americans, Christians, uh, uh, German Americans, and Hispanic Americans. And somewhere along the way, he realized that he was being blessed, and he found the Lord, and that that drove the rest of his uh, drove, drove the rest of his life. His first son was his name was Alpha Omega, which, as you know, is <laughs> next there with with his faith. But that says a lot about no matter how bad things can be, if we take the time to recognize our blessings and realize that there's a God in heaven for us, then all of a sudden everything falls in place. Everything makes sense. And I, I'll say this, the darkest, one of the darkest chapters, when I said most difficult chapters, when I lost everything, I now look back and I said, that was one of the best blessings I ever could have had now that I'm out of it. I don't want to go back, but <laughs> now that I'm out of it, <laughs> I ahead, look Chris. back and say, you know what? I can give the message. If I can do it, you can do it. And that's, what, that's what it comes down to. You know, Burgess, my ears really <clears throat> peaked up when I was watching Jack Brewer's speech yesterday, uh, the other <clears throat> night. And he talked about his great-great-grandfather starting a church in, in uh, 1870 or 80, something like that. And it harkened yeah. back to my own story. I think that's why um, I feel affinity for you, because we both had a similar background in terms of we knew who our great-great-grandfathers were. And, you know, they started a church. My great-great-grandfather, Steve Arp, <laughs> founded a church in 1870. And just knowing that history— gives you a real pride and i could see that pride in jack brewer knowing his great-grandfather and you knowing the story of your great-grandfather talk a little bit how important that is for african-american people i think i think the greatest uh disservice has been the the, the stealing of our history uh because once we understand our history we find so much pride we find out that we were not a helpless helpless race that we were just like every other race that came here that had obstacles, that had trouble assimilating initially, we turned within. We actually made sure our communities were, were, were very uh, educated, very prideful of our country, very hardworking, very respectful. We made sure that happened within. And, and because it did, I can say this for anyone, any person that comes here, any culture, doesn't matter what their background is, that literally if you adhere to the, the principles that made my, our community great, education, faith, industry and family, literally you're only one way generation away from being part of the middle class. And that's really what the goal is, is how can we get from where we are to the middle class, we can live the American dream, and we all can get there. And our history 
Our history, Chris, shows that. We were able to do that through the 40s, 50s, and 60s. We were able to do that back in right after this, uh, this uh, end of the Civil War. So once they take that history away from us and they put a new narrative in there, which is we've been hopeless and helpless since slavery until they finally let us have some freedom in, in 1960, that's why we get people so angry. They have no idea that this country has always been a place of opportunity. We just have to go out and work for it, strive for it, and overcome when we fall flat because that's going to happen too. We just can't expect to get on the elevator and go straight to the top. It's not going to happen that way. Burgess, you have a unique um, perspective on this next question because of your history being a professional athlete. But uh, Chris and I were just talking in the last segment about everything happening in uh, Wisconsin and how that has rippled through the country, not only with the social unrest that we see everywhere, but now also uh, shutting down sports and I have always said that I do not, I would never take away an athlete's platform that they have earned. They've earned themselves, uh, you know, a, 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 a level of recognition and a platform to speak from. Um, and I, you know, if you want to go to rallies and speak at events and, and use your, your fame as an athlete to, um, you know, work for whatever cause you seem fit, uh, I, I support that. I don't like it get bleeding out onto the field. I don't like it being a part of the games. And now we have a situation where these sports are being shut down and we don't even have all the facts in the case uh, your your thoughts, not only as a, a, a person running for political office, but also as a professional athlete on um, uh, on everything happening in Wisconsin and how it, how it's affect uh, every part of uh, life in this country. Well, we have to understand that uh, what makes our country great is that we do have diversity. We have, we have different thoughts. We're, we're the people that have in the past said, well, let's agree to disagree as long as we have the same end game. So. So having the conversation is very, very important, and giving people the freedom to speak out is important. But what we have here is in a country that pulls together based on our flag, our culture, our national anthem, and our sports. These are the times we can finally come together, leave all the other stuff behind, and as a team, whether it be a sports team or whatever, we can come and just enjoy each other. What we have is an industry. These are industries. This is not the athletes, of course. They have been over the – Decades have not been trained to understand what's happened in our country, and they live. They come from communities. They've never, they've never flew the flag. They've never heard anything about our history. They never, they don't have fathers that showed them how to, what discipline looks like, and and to 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 uh, actually go out and build a business. So you have kids that are actually, I think, and I say young men, that are actually being used. Their emotions are being put out there. They have no idea they're destroying their future. They're destroying their game because you have you have you have these these people that are running these companies that are literally leftists. They don't mind using anybody, anything to get their agenda done. And at this point, they need to win the election. They need to make sure that Democrats win the election so they can go back to China. They can continue to push this and this narrative dividing us. That's what leftists do. And so it comes down to this. Uh, we are a country wants to enjoy, wants to have normality, want to have the ability to go out and, and work toward our future. Uh, what's happening with these young people right now that are now uh, boycotting, it's, first of all, it's a, it's a gang mentality. Anybody who does not want to work out with them is going to be, going to be trashed. It's going to be destroyed. So it's a truly it's a gang. This is what the leftists do. And uh, so I think personally they're, they're literally destroying so much of what has been built by their, by their founders years ago that brought our country together. I'm one of those guys that will never go back. As long as these commissioners are still have their job, I will not be watching games, football, basketball, or, or, or baseball, because it doesn't take much 
Google and find out that there's black BLM.inc is nothing but a Marxist organization that hates capitalism, hates, hates God, and hates the family unit, period. So they're, they're being complicit because they don't want to take the time to actually do the homework. They'd rather deal with the emotions, and that's what the left does. So we have to understand we're up against, and Americans who really do love our culture, is first of all, make sure we have a house so we can start putting policies in place that we can get our kids educated so that they're not being used by the left the way they're being used right now, them having no idea about our country, no faith, no, no, no appreciation, and they're making billions, millions of dollars, collectively billions of dollars, and not thinking once. What can we do to the free market to make sure our communities are growing, our kids are educated, and they'll be, they, they can be hopeful? They're not even thinking that way because – the leftists don't do not teach them that the, the capitalism is the way to go. We are talking to Burgess Owens, the congressional candidate, Super Bowl champion, best-selling author, and we need to take a break and wrap up this first hour of the weekend report. However, we are going to continue this discussion with Burgess off the air, and you will be able to hear the rest of this interview uh, when you download the Weekend Report podcast, wherever you download it from. I recommend you download it on the radio.com app, but when you're there, and you're downloading this week's podcast, make sure you grab the uh, little uh, exclusive podcast for the rest of this discussion with Burgess Owens. Check it out on the podcast. And, of course, you can support Burgess and learn more about his candidacy at BurgessForUtah.com. So we're going to wrap up this first hour, and we will be back with America's favorite liberal, Keith Antone, when we get back to the Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Yes, indeed. It is hour number two on your radio. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Weekend Report. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Carl Middleman. Hello. And, of course, my partner, Chris Arps, is uh, at the Arps Compound connected. Peace? Did you say peace? Yeah, peace. he said peace. I said peace. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you say peace. So uh, we wrapped up that first hour with Burgess Owens, who was, of course, uh, at the Republican National Convention this past week. And uh, we ran out of time with him on the air, but we continued that discussion with Burgess uh, off the air, and you can hear the rest of the interview with Burgess Owens uh, by getting our podcast. So we release the podcast of this show every week. Many of you download it, and we greatly appreciate that. But when you go and you get the podcast this week, there will be two podcasts. There will be the show podcast, and then there will be an extra 10 minutes or so with Burgess Owens so you can uh, you can hear the rest of our interview with Burgess on the podcast this week. Um, if you don't download our podcast, you can do that just about anywhere you get podcasts. I recommend the Radio.com app because what? the Radio.com app is basically one-stop shopping for the whole radio station. You download the app, your favorite 97.1 FM talk, and then you can stream the station 24-7. You can rewind live radio, and you can download the podcast of The Weekend Report and every other show 
on the station. So uh, great stuff with Burgess there on the show and um, great conversation continued with Burgess off the air that you can check out on the podcast. You won't believe what he said. You won't believe what we talked <laughs> uh, what about. What a teaser. Yes. Tony, is that what they call bonus content? That is, ex- yes, that is bonus content. Oh, it, that was for sure. Exclusive content. Bonus, oh, exclusive bonus, bonus content. exclusive content. That is exactly right. Burgess Owens, one of my favorite people in the whole world, and now... Another one of my favorite people in the whole world joining us on the line, as we mentioned, joining us now, America's favorite liberal, Keith Antone. Keith, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, living my life as a liberal and loving it. And I've got one thing to say to you and that arts fella. I better get as much time, the Democrats, as that Republican Burgess got. Don't short me on my time. Don't short me on my time. I'm coming downtown, Not only are we not going to short you on your time, all of it is going to get to be on the air. So you have – we're starting the hour, not ending the hour. So we have – you're going to get it all on the radio. Nobody, you're not going to have to be behind the podcast wall like Burgess was. So you got it, Keith. Okay. And, Keith, what I want to know <laughs> is how come they let you out of the padded cell after this week's Republican convention? Oh, I know you're boy. probably going crazy after that great convention. <laughs> yeah, Republicans yeah, this Republican. They let you Republican out? Con- well, listen, this Republican convention reminded me of a Toby Keith concert in Utah in January in a snow blizzard. It was about as white as it can get, but listen, <laughs> oh, that's okay. Dude. Oh, man. The dude. lack of diversity, the lack of diversity. Face, the la- if you call Tim Scott, if you call him diverse, the lack of diversity I saw here, the lack of true empathy, the lack of any truth, it was the worst. Keith, that was last week's talking point. Show. It was the you worst. You got to watch the convention. Show. That was a, that was the talking point they had before they knew that all those black speakers were going to be at the hold, convention. Hold that on. talking point is old. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Keith, because I I want to get into this with you, but I gotta I gotta say this just so you're up to speed. We talked in that first hour. Chris and I spent a lot of time breaking down the two conventions, and then obviously we just had Burgess on, so we talked a lot about the uh, Republican convention with Burgess as well. And uh, both Burgess and Chris talked extensively about how much diverse representation and specifically African-American representation there was in the Republican convention. Chris said he's he that was the reason that he thought it was the best Republican convention he'd ever seen because it was so full of diverse and African-American representation. So. It's just I want you to know that that's been the conversation to this point. That's why that's why there was such a reaction to you saying that you didn't that you saw it completely different, which I find fascinating. So it's completely different. So you find two of the eight African-Americans in this country that support Trump, Chris Arps and Burgess Owens. And now you take their word to the bank. Give me Keith, what about break, Jack Brewer, the ex NFL football player? What about the woman okay, that was okay. let Herschel out of jail Walker. after twenty two years? Okay. Yeah, there were five, numerous, five, numerous black speakers. Five, you need to get you five. need to update your talking points, my friend, because that one is not well, applicable. It's not it's not talking points. Listen, show me in the Senate. Show me show me in the cabinet. Show me where it counts, my friend. Don't show me a couple of Negroes that you come running out there talking. We love Trump. Show me where it counts in jobs. Show me where it counts where 
we're, 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 we're effectively attacking this pandemic and disproportionately African-Americans are losing their lives, not only in, in this city, but across the country. Show me where the PPP money, where 90 percent of the African-American-owned businesses have been denied the PPP money. That's where you better show me. Don't show me a couple, three or four uh, 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 African-Americans that you roll out there to speak. And now all of a sudden the Republican Party is old, it's male and it's stale. That's the lowest African American unemployment rate ever recorded was under. Yeah, okay, Donald what is it Trump, now? Period. What is it now? What is it now? It's coronavirus oh, right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Coron- well, that's what I'm. Okay. All right. It's coronavirus. What about right the Surgeon now? General? <clears throat> Surgeon General is huh? an African American. Oh, yeah. Ben Carson. We, we haven't, we haven't seen him since April. Is he still there? We haven't seen. We haven't seen. We haven't had a. a, a a pandemic meeting of the minds. Is Fauci still there? Keith, it's, you have it's, it's, silenced Chris Arps. I've never because seen. Because I just don't even know what it is. It's just. I've it's never just seen Chris. I'm waiting for something original. I've never seen Chris so stunned. So stunned. Well, he just spent an hour what? talking about how diverse the uh, yeah. the RNC was. And you were just, bl- just dropping a bomb in the middle of that. Well, I'm you, know what? You, know why? you know why? Because. Because, Tony, let me tell you why. Because, really, seriously, Chris, I have a great deal of respect for Chris. I really do. And I get people inboxing me all the time. Is this guy for real? I just, my cousin from Chicago, she just inboxed me today and said, who is this Christopher Arts? I said, well, first and foremost, he's a friend. I said, he is a friend. And I said, but he believes in his party and he supports it. And he's got to take Donald Trump. I said, he really doesn't like Donald Trump if you ask him in private. He hates the guy, but he has to stand with his party. So I'm not I surprised. Said that pu- that he was- I've said that publicly, Keith, is I don't care for all the tweeting you and have. all that, all of that so stuff I, or his I, personality. But when it comes to the job that he's doing as president and, and, and following my values, I'm with him. Exactly. And so that, so I told him, I said, just like they bring me on 97.1, they don't agree with me, but they know I'm going to come on and I'm going to be as honest as I can. And I'm going to give them some good debate. On, on, on why my party is the best party and why I'm loving being a liberal right now in America and what you know, we're going to win on November 3rd. Keith, maybe it's because um, I didn't I was I watched both conventions on C-SPAN um, okay. because I didn't like the way any of the networks, uh, any of them. I'm not. It, and that's fair. I did not like fair. the way that they were cutting in and out and they were. Uh, yeah. You know, talking over people. <laughs> and, and I'm just thinking maybe you were watching, like, we just found out that uh, CNN didn't even air Burgess's talk at all. They went to commercial while Burgess Owens was speaking. So maybe um, maybe you were just watching the wrong network, and whenever an African-American you know speaker went up, they just, your network was at commercial. And you know what? And that's fair, because you know what? I did watch CNN, and they did cut out all the filth and lies and, and, and untruths. They did, and that was good. Mm. We don't need to keep airing mm. that, just like they don't carry the president's press conferences anymore. It's, it's, it's bull. Let me. So you got you. Can, you got to cut the fat. You got to. Can cut you the imagine fat. if you CNN would have would would have went to a commercial if a black Democrat was speaking? Can you imagine the uproar over that would have been? Oh, if Fox, oh, if Fox would have went to, or if Fox would have done that. Yeah. Keith, let me ask you this. Let me ask you a real question, because I am a libertarian and I don't. There's plenty of things. You're one of my favorite. You're my favorite libertarian. Well, thank you. You're my hey, you're my favorite liberal. So uh, we got that in common. Um, Throwing up now. um, I you know, there's a lot of things like 
like Chris, there's a lot of things about Donald Trump that I don't like. And a lot of it is uh, personality driven. I do agree right. with I do agree with many of his policies and issues. Not all. Certainly not all. But many I do. But uh, there's a lot of things that I don't agree with him um, as far as the way he uh, uh, behaves, he talks to people, his thin skin, that sort of stuff. Uh, but I will say That's this. That's all, Tony? I, I will say this. <laughs> He's got, he only have so much time, Chris. Right. Oh, okay, sorry. However, Joe Biden, if I was, if I was, and I'm being very serious right now, Keith. If I were you, okay. I would be okay. terrified of Joe Biden being the representation of my party because unless Joe Biden is has a teleprompter in front of him, a script in front of him, or he is in a very controlled environment, he does not seem capable of having a coherent conversation. The few times that Joe Biden has not been on script or in a controlled environment where he's not getting questions that he's not prepared for, he says some really Come on, ridiculous man. things, and he, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not taking sides here. I'm, I'm being very honest when I say, I, I think that Joe Biden is a very compromised, weak candidate, and I, I, I get, you know, I, there's a, there, I think the this election, I think that Democrats have the hatred for Trump going for them way more than they do. This is our guy that that Joe Biden is some stellar candidate because he's he's a mess, in my opinion. What do you and that's a fair and that's a fair assessment. Let me just say this to you as well. And I'm glad you are being open and candid and honest. And I think (laughs) if you and Chris would both hear me out, hear me now and think about it later. When Donald Trump goes off script, he is just as dangerous. He is just as mean spirited. He he when he goes off script, he is the he is the complete opposite of Joe. Joe will say some things. And I'm not saying that that was my horse when I, you know, you guys know, I'm not saying that was my my first 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 pick. Sure. I was with the mayor. I was with the mayor there for a while until and now this is the pick. This is the one we got to live with, just like you guys on the Republican Party. Trump is your man. This is who you this is who you've got to ride. I'm a libertarian. And you're a libertarian. You got to ride with whoever the hell the libertarian candidate is. The reality is, I'll who, send you. Who even knows? Her name is Joe Jorgensen, hell? and I'll send you some information. I'll I'll, I'll send you. So, I'll send you a pamphlet. I'll send you a pamphlet. She's been a guest on the show. She's been on the show. Yeah. I'll Download the podcast. So I yeah. think it's. I think it's fair, guys, to say that yes, you're absolutely right. He has said some things, but you know what? That's more in common with us common people out here. With us people that are going to go and vote, you know what, old Uncle Joe, we all got an uncle like that, or a grandfather, or in some cases a father who does that and says some things, but he doesn't say anything to be mean-spirited. He doesn't say anything to hurt handicapped, to hurt immigrants. He doesn't do have policies that will change up children. He doesn't have 175,000 dead Americans, and he didn't respond for 45, 60 days later. All I'm saying, my friends, is that when Trump goes off script, he is more dangerous, and he is the man that's sitting in that seat. When he says there was good people on both sides, he is not only a liar, but he stirs up the racial embers and flames in this country. So all I'm saying is that, yeah, I will agree with you. But can't you agree with me when your guy, when Trump 
You know, that to be your guy. When Donald Trump goes off script, he's just as dangerous and mean. Come on, but Keith, what, what, but Keith, what we're talking about when Donald everybody. Trump goes when Donald Trump goes off script, he is tweeting or he's saying things that people can take as offensive or maybe politically incorrect. When Joe Biden goes off script, we don't know what the hell he's talking when, about. Yeah, when Trump and goes off script, it makes us wonder his. It makes us wonder his his competency. Yeah, lying soldier, right. dog pony, and all of the crazy stuff that he says. Yeah. Going Let off script and saying stuff that offends people is one thing. Let Going off something. script and saying stuff that you don't know what the hell they're saying and you wonder okay. their mental competency is different. Yeah, both something. Both of you are in positions that you've hired people and fired people. When you look at the resume of a Joe Biden with over 50 years of experience, even including vice president, and you look at Donald Trump's uh, resume of bankruptcy, three baby mamas running uh, every business he's ever ran into the ground, um, a cheater, a liar, uh, his friends, almost all of his friends and associates have, have either been charged and or doing a little, little time in the sing sing. You know, you start looking up against character to character. And I'd rather take a man who caught a train every day to be home with his family. I'd rather take a man who has only been married twice, and the reason why he's been married twice because his first wife was killed in a car accident, than a cheating, lying scumbag like Trump. That's the bottom line. I don't think. And ever since we had a lying, cheating scumbag as president named Bill Clinton, the American people don't care about that stuff anymore. Uh, 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 Keith, that's why when you come up with this hundred, when you try to come up with all this stuff and try to blame it on Trump, the American people don't care about that stuff. They've, they've, they've lost. They've, they, they, they they don't care about the morality of their leaders anymore after Bill Clinton. That's been thrown out the window thirty years ago. They do. Yeah, they do. No, they, hey, you want to talk no, they, about crime in the city of St. Louis? What do we want to talk about next? Because we're not going to ever get anywhere <laughs> with Chris realizing that his man is a fake, a phony, and a fraud. So, you know what, Keith, while we do still have you, I want to ask you about the situation in Wisconsin and, and how this situation has um, rippled throughout the country, as other as other instances uh, and, and tragedies have. But this one seems to have a bigger wake than than ones before it and from this one is not nearly as open and shut as we've seen uh, other cases like George Floyd in the past and so I'm a little bit um I'm a little bit worried about how much of an impact this situation uh with Mr. Blake in Wisconsin has had um, across the board in sports and every and every other aspect of life, when we don't truly have all the the facts and all the details of the, of an investigation or charges or anything yet, I I I I, I don't like how we made such a quick. Uh, uh, and, yeah. and, and this is from somebody who is very critical of the police in the George Floyd case I, and other I, cases. I, I, I get it. And, and I've come after it. those police, but I haven't seen I don't know enough about this one yet to, you know, to take a side. And 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 right. and I just this is it's really scaring me that that we we so quickly now uh, make up our, our minds. And, and, and now there's Tony. more people dying and more buildings being burned. So, yeah, you, you go ahead, Keith. Tony. Let, yep. let, let me let me say this to you, and, and and I mean this with all of my heart and sincerity. As a African American man, 
with African-American sons and being involved with many, many other African-American men's lives. Don't focus on just what happened this uh, last week with Mr. Blake. You see, this is where those people outside of our community, and Chris, you must agree, where they see this and they look at the one incident that was caught on tape where he was shot six or seven times in the back. Every time this happens, it reopens the wounds of the ones that have not only been caught on video, but have been, we have seen in our community for years, brother. There have been towns that have been burned down because a white woman said a black man whistled at her, and they went in, do your fact-checking, Greenwood and, and, and Tulsa, and burned down the entire city. We have had the KKK come and grab black men out. This has been going on. So you see one incident, brother. You don't see that this has been going on. If you listen to the people, not just their actions, listen to what they say. We are tired. We are. I drove with my daughter from St. Louis to Texas. I have a concealing carry. I had my gun on. We were riding through little towns, and I know that I have a chance, a better chance of being being prepared to protect me and my family against the, the, the things that are happening. You've got now white folks running up to protesters, peaceful protesters, and just shooting them because they say that they, they were not confined to, 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 to the curfew. All I'm saying is don't see it that way. Now, let me put it in the political perspective. I think that the, the rioting and the looters and the opportunists now are giving this or laying this on a platter for Donald Trump because there are people out there right now, white and black, that are saying, hmm, there they go again. They don't see the peaceful, the thousands of peaceful protesters. All they see are the agitators and the, and, and the ones who are out there looking for an opportunity to loot and burn and destroy who they need to be locked up in jail. But it's their own. But let me stop you now. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. But it's their. But it's their own fault, Keith. Because I said even during the Michael Brown. Let me finish. Let me finish. I said even after the Michael Brown incident that if you want to have the public support in your movement, which you will need, because that's how the civil rights movement in '64 got started. When 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 uh, television pictures of people being beaten. Let me me finish. finish, That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. When they started seeing those pictures. That's when the tide changed. I've been saying since Michael Brown, if you're going to protest, protest during the day. Don't protest at night because all you're going to do is you're going to have the hooligans and all those people are going to come out with you. They're going to intermingle with you, and everybody's going to paint you into that one corner as you're all hooligans. Why they have this insistence on protesting at night is beyond me. It's stupid. For and, your for your movement, and I just want to and I want to say this. Thing, second thing, second oh, thing ahead, I want to get across is Keith. I, I don't like to see any black man or any person shot or killed by the police. But why is every almost in every one single uh, every one of these single instances the perpetrator is resisting police? 
It's not like these people are walking down the street heading to college or heading to Sunday school and a police roll up on them and shoot them. Every single incident. Oh, not the every. Brianna Taylor. The person Breonna, is Breonna resisting Taylor. arrest. Let's just stop there, Chris. Stop, no, stop I, didn't there. Stop say, I didn't say every single. I said almost in every single one of these shootings, the person is resisting arrest. The one man down in Texas who who just happened to be in his own apartment and the police woman walked in there, Chris. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Yeah, stop but, it. but Keith, almost, but, but okay, but that's here, hold true. on, hold but on, hold on, hold on. That you see, they've, they've all a resisting arrest. All right, it's my turn. Single case. <laughs> it's my turn. The host it's my gets turn. To talk. It's my turn. And, uh, and, and Keith, you have gotten, we did what we promised we would do. We are, Carl has shown me the clock <laughs> like 10 times about how over break we are. But, that, but I, I, I want to say this, and, and, I, and I truly understand, I, you know, I, but as a, as a person who grew up in a very diverse community and was taught how to um, uh behave around police and what happens if you're having a police interaction. And I said this earlier in the show. If I was watching a video of any person, white, black, male, female, anything, if I'm watching a police officer scream at somebody to not go in the car, don't reach in the car, stop, stop, and then get and then get grabbed from behind and pulled backwards, don't put your hands in the car, I would be watching that video terrified that i'm about to see somebody get really hurt because they're not listening they're not doing what they're supposed to do now you're right it's not always like that i came down hard on that police officer in texas that walked into the uh, wrong house and walked in the wrong house and shot the man i came down hard pretty early on when i and i got a lot of crap for it in the george floyd case um uh in, in other cases as well but I just, you know, I, I have to still look at every one case by case. And I also see things like what we saw in Maryland this week where people are calling in fake uh, domestic abuse or, or uh, home invasion uh, calls. And as soon as the police show up on the front porch, they're getting shot at. And, and three police officers in Maryland are shot and in the hospital because they were ambushed the second they stepped on their porch. It's out of control across the board. And I'm not assigning blame to anyone because there's there are there are problems with police. There is police reform that is extremely necessary. But I think Chris's point is a very good one that we I just I, I can't go with you to just, you know, look at every single case and remember everything that and, has and, happened and I, in the past. And, you know, and, I, I, and, 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 and no, 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 I have to, I have to, and it's, and it's, and it's years and years. And if you, and if, and if you guys remember, I, I have, I have not, I don't point every, every single case and put it in the same jar. And all I'm saying, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time for me to sit here and debate with you guys about the year. This is years. This is, this is since I was a kid. The fear. You're right. They do keep running, Chris. They do keep reaching because they know 
if what doesn't you get asking, caught on the camera, asking, they look, know if the you're Michael, end result. If you're, Michael Brown, you're, if you're Michael Brown and you're wrestling with a cop and going in his car and trying to take his gun, you're going to get right. shot that's, and killed. If you're if you anybody. Are, if you are Eric Garner and you're in New York. You're anybody. And they're, and I got news for you. you. If for you're anybody. And you're resisting and stuff, something bad's going to happen to you. If you are arrested for drunk driving and then all of a sudden you steal the cop's taser and run away from you, right. something bad is going to happen to you. I've got to cut it off. We are Hello. so <laughs> far. I'm sorry. I've got to cut it off. We're so, we're so Chris far got up and walked over away. time. <laughs> Keith, we will have you back on soon, my friend. It is always great to talk with you. Always great to debate with you. Uh, you're not, uh, I don't call you America's favorite liberal uh, for nothing. It's it's always great to have you on the show, to hear your perspective, and to, uh, and, uh, and to debate and uh, have these conversations with you. So, Keith Antone, if people want to follow you on uh, social media, all that, uh, you know, how can they do so? If you, if you want to give they that can, out. Yeah, they, they, they can <laughs> follow me. Yeah, oh, no, I, I'll give out my cell number. They can follow me at Keith Antone on all social media, and they can also follow me when I'm on the Metro link. You guys have a great weekend. <laughs> Keith, back at you, my friend. We'll, I promise we'll talk to you again very soon. All right. All right. All right. Peace. See, See you. All right. We got to take a break. What? And we, we do breaks go. here? Yeah, we got to. We've definitely got to take a break. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. Woo! Show's over. That's all I can say, Chris. I'm agitated. Woo! You are. I can see. Here's the thing. We can. I can see. Chris, Chris can't see us, but I can see Chris. He got up and walked away. And I, y- your, your, uh, just physical reactions to to Keith are worth the price of admission. I, we could, if there was some way to show Sell the it. audience, just your your he, Chris is standing up. He's pacing. <laughs> Got his hands, <laughs> his, he's going up, he's going down, his hands are going out, his his hands are covering his face, he's spiking the pen on the ground, like, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's really something to see you react to Keith, uh, talking, and here's the thing, the truth is, and, and, you know, we mentioned this, and Keith mentioned it too, the th- I know you and Keith go way back, and Keith and I have been friends for a couple years now, and we truly are friends, and <laughs> I, friends. I, yeah, I enjoy uh, hanging out with Keith Antone. But man, when when we get going on these things, I, especially with you, Chris, I I could see how much that gets under your skin. 
and I try, and I really do try to stay calm and like, hey, no, you you're talking to Keith Antone. You know he's going to push your buttons. You know he's liberal. He's you good know at he's it. Did it. He's good at exciting talking points, and he gets to me every time. You know, I, it was amazing. It was amazing after having Burgess on. <laughs> and um, again, we had Burgess Owens on at the end of the first hour, and we went super long with him. So we had to cut out about half of it and put it on a podcast exclusive. So um, there's be two podcasts of the show this week, the entire show podcast, and then there's an extra 10 or so minutes with Burgess Owens and a separate podcast that you can download with the Weekend Report podcast, anywhere you download podcasts, radio.com app, I think is the best place to to get the podcast. But so we talked with Burgess Owens and Chris and I, you know, we talked, we broke down the Republican convention earlier in the show and the whole message was about how diverse the RNC was. <laughs> and the first thing out of Keith Antone's mouth was there was no black people yeah. at the RNC and it's a... <laughs> It's a stale, white, one-dimensional party. It just, it's one of those things. And we talk about this all the time in radio. Like, people hear us have a conversation, and we can, two people could listen to the same conversation. Yeah. And we could ask those two people, what did you just hear us say? And sometimes the answers are completely opposite, and they heard the same conversation. Yeah. And that's exactly how I was feeling when Keith said that, because... I don't know how you can watch the RNC this week and say that there wasn't diverse rep uh, representation. Well, we didn't even talk about Herschel it, it, Walker. I've met Herschel. I've had the opportunity to sit down and, and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Herschel Walker and being a, a big Cowboys fan like you are, Chris. Yeah. You know, that was a really cool moment for me. And I, he was another one that I thought. And, and what he said at the RNC this week that how personally offensive he find, Herschel Walker finds it. When when uh, people say that he has been that he's had a 27 year friendship with a racist and how he says, what do you think of me as a black man that I would have such a long personal relationship with somebody that if, if he was a racist, like the, how he finds that personally insulting and Keith didn't hear any didn't get any of those messages this week. I, I, I just I find that fascinating. Well, it's just obvious, Tony, that he didn't watch the convention <laughs> because to sit there and say there was no diversity, there was only two black speakers when all four nights was littered with black speakers and people talking about African-American interests. It just shows the teeth that Keith teeth. It just shows that Keith didn't watch the convention and uh, but he was well versed on the talking points. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was absolutely amazing. Uh, amazing, amazing stuff. And we went super long with Keith in that segment. So uh, we this need is going to be a short one. Yeah, we need to we need to cut this one uh, pretty short. I did want to ask you, though, uh, uh, Chris, about the we talked with Burgess about this a little bit, but I wanted to get your quick thoughts on um, we've talked about politics getting involved in sports, but it's at a this week we went to a whole new level with the NBA the NHL and uh, parts of Major League Baseball and NFL, shutting down as part of NFL canceled some practices yeah, too. Yeah, shutting so down as part of the uh, social protests and soccer. Um, how does that? It's how does that hit you? To me, it's just the chutzpah of these people to think that they are so important and the game that they play is so important that if they boycott a game or don't play that it's going to just devastate America so badly that we're going to end racism just 
amazes me. I think these guys, especially in the NBA and football, are killing the Golden Goose with these protests. Um, and they will see it in the coming years when uh, when the uh, media revenues, television revenues are down and when the ratings are down because mm -hmm. people just aren't watching. All right, we need to take a quick break here, get things back on track, and we <laughs> will be right back, and we'll have a little palate cleanse, and we'll talk to our buddy Brian Agers from Agers HVAC when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. I'll be Chris and act like I'm not paying attention. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Weekend Report 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo, producer Carl Middleman, Hello. Chris Arps, all here. And joining us on the line now, as I mentioned in that last segment, our friend Brian Agers from Agers HVAC, uh, one of the great supporters of this show, uh, back and joining us. Brian, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It's been a little while since we talked. We got a, We have a story to tell. I'm going to get into that in a minute. It <laughs> he went to my house, too. It involves a, uh, it involves a, a furnace filter that was uh, 17 years old. Wow. Um, <laughs> now, I wasn't but, planning on telling that story, but if you want to embarrass yourself in front of everybody, I do. Fine. I do. I do. But uh, You can tell the story at my house, Brian. Before we uh, – there you go. Before we get to that um, – uh, it's been a while. It's been a couple months, I think, since we've had you on the show. And, uh, you know, in this ever-changing uh, year, 2020 is just um, uh, has been a, uh, a very unique experience for everyone. So what is happening right now at Agers HVAC? Well, it's fairly business as usual. I mean, obviously, we're taking precautions, um, as is, I think, most other businesses about COVID-19 and the seriousness there but you know we're still operating we're still servicing our customers people are finding out as they're staying home more and living in their homes that maybe their heating and air conditioning system wasn't what it was cracked up to be and uh, so we're staying pretty busy servicing our customers and so um, I don't want to give away too much of my mom's uh, business here <laughs> like her per like her personal business but uh, we had Brian come out and work on a piece of property put in a new um, a new system and a piece of property that my mom owns and you sent me a picture of a filter that <laughs> looked like it had come to life it had I think a potato plant growing out of it um, <laughs> yeah, I think it may have been. <laughs> Uh, how so we it's all I always ask the question what can people do on their own to take care of their system to you know be precautious and you know do the right thing save on their money own, in the long run so they're not you know yeah so they don't have to call you all the time to come out and fix their system and always always the number one thing is change the filter regularly change the filter regularly and boy uh, uh, we were we were guilty of not doing that. Um, you know, and the funny thing is, is, you know, I pulled it out and I'm thinking in somewhat disbelief, like, 
Seriously? No. I mean, this is the first, this is the go-to conversation every time I'm on the air. Seriously? <laughs> well, I, as soon as you, as soon as we, we talked about it, when you, before you sent me the picture of it, you sent me a text that said, what's the first thing that we always talk about on the air? And I thought, because no. of this, because of this piece of property, I, I, I started I started in my Rolodex, my brain going through everybody's responsibilities, who takes care of what um, at this place. And um, no, and I couldn't think of anyone whose responsibility it was to change the filter. So except for my dad, who passed away uh, years ago. (laughs) So he was probably literally the last person that changed it. So and then when you said that to me on text, I was like, well, I'm going to just leave this alone now. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, no, no. It's okay because I think that that's, I think that that is, uh, uh, I, I, I still find that funny that my dad who died of cancer um, uh, multiple years ago, it was probably mm-hmm. the last person that changed the filter in that in that furnace. And so. it seems that he didn't do it very regularly either. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it, it could have been a while before, uh, yeah, that he uh, even changed it. How often do you guys... Um, how often do you guys run across that? How often do you do you see just that that most basic um, uh, maintenance not being taken care of regularly? I would say with our regular customers, it's not very often because you know most are on a maintenance schedule. But for folks who call us, you know, with problems who you know either don't have us out frequently or they're new to us, it is very frequent. And uh, it's funny because sometimes homeowners will even admit to our technicians that. Uh, yeah, I just changed the filter right before you got here. So, it, you know, if it <laughs> right. was a contributing factor, you know, we don't really know because they have just put in a brand new filter. So <laughs> so actually, that's probably a good piece of advice, too. If you are calling Eggers or you're having somebody out to look at the furnace and you realize that day that you haven't changed your filter in two years don't go run out and do it right then because at that point it's too late and it's better probably for the technician to know the the condition of the filter and the way the thing has been running rather than so they can help diagnosis would that be yeah that's a fair yeah that's a fair statement because you know especially in a situation where a homeowner is embarrassed and they don't want to be truthful about the fact that they just replaced a, a solidly blocked filter because it does make such a big difference in the operation of the equipment yeah. that it is entirely possible that that was the problem. You know, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and I want to get into, we, we only have a few minutes here, so I'm going to go quick, but um, I want to talk to you about the uh, mobile showroom and putting in a new system for somebody. But when you replace a system, how how old is that? Because everybody I know, I, it feels like everybody that I know, their furnace system, it's either brand new, or it's literally about to die. Thirty years old. <laughs> like, how often? How often do you guys go into a place and, and see a uh, a furnace or a HVAC system that's been there for decades? Uh, it pretty often, and, and you know, it's typically people who uh, pay close attention to the maintenance schedule. You can have brand new equipment that fails in under ten years, or you can have equipment that lasts for. You know, we've seen. Uh, equipment that we took out this year, as a matter of fact, that was 40 years old, mm. but the customer maintained it. And maintenance, along with the brand, along with the uh, uh, installation, installation's critical. But Probably a little luck, the, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and some luck, for sure. But, you know, 
when you combine all those things, you can stretch uh, equipment out for a very long time, which is good, but it's not necessarily the right thing to do because there's been so many advances in energy efficiency that our customers can see right there on paper and find out after the equipment's been installed that the new equipment is running so efficiently that it's paying for itself in just a few short years. That's incredible. And I can, and I, after going through this process uh, with my mom, I could speak to that personally, how much better, how much more efficient, how much faster, all the technology involved, um, how much better it is to have a, a new system in and all the benefits that come along with it. Uh, real quick, Brian, in just about a minute, uh, tell people how they can get you guys out, check out the mobile showroom, and either have you come and look at an existing system or even better if you're ready to uh, replace that new system with one of these amazing new uh, pieces of equipment that you have. Sure. Uh, you can always call our office at 636 681 1976. Many customers find it convenient to find us online at callagers.com, and that's spelled A-G-E-R-S, and uh, our phone number's there. You can also, we've got a new feature on the website that works fantastically. You can schedule appointments, whether you want to buy new equipment or at least investigate it. Oh, that's cool. Have maintenance done, have a repair. You can find us at callagers.com, schedule that appointment right there on the website, and and then get a follow-up text and email confirming the appointment so technology is pretty cool heck yeah and the technology involved in a lot of these new systems is super cool as well and that mobile showroom uh, that you guys have agers will come out to your house you don't have to go anywhere they show up with the mobile showroom give you a chance to check out all the different options for that new system in your house and make sure you're making the right choice for you for your home and for your budget and so i highly recommend you check them out call that's brian agers brian thanks so much for everything you do for the show and we'll talk to you again soon sounds good thanks guys all right that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Full weekend show. report yeah what a show if you missed any of it download the podcast on the radio.com app and for producer carl middleman And my partner, Chris Harps, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t